Our first reading is from 2 Corinthians chapters 10 and 11. Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do bear with me, for I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. O Lord, have mercy on us. Gospels from the Holy Gospel in St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? They said to him, yes. And he said to them, Therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. O Lord, have mercy on us. I bring grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You can be seated. So in the gospel message today, we hear Jesus, and he is speaking to his disciples as he tells these parables of a man going, giving up all that he has, buying a field with hidden treasure, buying a pearl with worth and value. He is willing to give up all that he has to acquire the kingdom of heaven. And so often this is preached, and it has for a long time, been preached as parables of discipleship. I've heard it preached this way, and I'm sure many of you have as well. And although this is about discipleship, I think that it has maybe another connotation that many of us might not hear. You see, traditionally, this was understood as us being the man. We are the man that goes out, and we are the man that gives up all that we have because we have been shown a treasure of unmeasurable value. And so we give up all we have so that we can pursue that value, that we might have the kingdom of heaven because it has been shown to us. And we give up our earthly glory so that we might have the glory of heaven. We might have Jesus and partake in his death. And this is most certainly not a false teaching. Uh, We are called to give all that we have. We are called to be disciples of Christ. To give up what is ours and give it to others. 
We are called to follow Christ as his disciples. In fact, in Matthew, we see the story of the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, I have kept all the commandments from my youth. I have done all that I am supposed to. What do you require of me to follow you? And Jesus says, give up all that you have, sell it, and follow me. And it says that he goes away sad because he has much wealth. Jesus tells us that if we are to be disciples of him, we must give away what we have. We must give away these earthly glories and go and follow him. Be disciples of Christ. To be stewards of the gifts that he has given to us. That is our calling. And that is good. But you see, we see that the the rich young ruler goes away sad because he has much wealth. And in fact, we get the sense that he does not give all of his wealth away. And see, there's, a, there's another meaning here. When Jesus is saying to the rich young ruler, is not your wealth is intrinsically evil and that as long as it is by you, you are going to be separated from me. That is not what Jesus is saying. No, in fact, Jesus is saying that it is a roadblock for him. It is a stumbling block that is keeping him from being devoted to Christ. See, he has made an idol out of his wealth. He has made an idol and put it above Christ. He has trusted in his wealth over trusting in Christ. That is what Christ is talking about. That is what Christ desires of us. Not that we would all be poor, but that we would all put Christ first. That we would all make him our priority and put our trust and love in him. That is what it means to be a disciple of Christ. An understanding that he does not give away all of his things is very similar to us as well. You see, we so often fail because of our sinful nature. We are not able to fully put God first. We fail at this many times. We trust in maybe money. Maybe it's family or other friends. And we put those values above Christ. So with that understanding, we look back at our parables. If Matthew uses wealth as a way of a stumbling block for us, then maybe we aren't the ones giving everything up to pursue Christ. Maybe it's a little different. What if the man is not us, but the man is Christ himself? You see, this person fully gives up all he has. He truly sacrifices everything to acquire the hidden treasure, to acquire the pearl. That is exactly what Christ has done. He gave everything. He humbled himself. 
He became a servant, lowering himself to serve others. He was a servant that was obedient even to death on a cross. That is perfect servitude. And he serves so that way he might acquire the pearl and the treasure. So then if Christ is the man that is buying the land with the treasure, if Christ is the pearl, then what is the pearl? What is this kingdom of God? What is the glory or the wealth? See, actually, what if we are the pearl that he is sacrificing for? What if we are the treasure? That Christ gave everything is life for us. So that we might be bought and paid for with his very blood. And I know that might make some of you uncomfortable. Because what value do I bring? How am I this great treasure? Remember, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He is talking to them, telling them about what is about to happen, that he is going to die and sacrifice himself so that way he will buy them. But it is not because they have some sort of value in themselves, but rather the value that God sees when he looks at them is that he sees his son. He sees Christ in them. That is the value that we have. See, the disciples are the new Israel. They are the church. That means they are us. And it is not our own value, but it is Christ's value found in us. You see, this language of buying and selling is actually more of a language of exchanging. You exchange one thing for another. When we hear buying and selling, you might think of a grocery store or um, a mall where you are giving money and you are receiving a good or a service in exchange. And sure, there is that exchange, but we tie a value to money itself. This is much more uh, trading. And when you understand it as a trade, we are giving something to Christ. But what do we give to Christ? We give him our sin, our guilt, our death. And he takes that all upon us so that way he would give us grace, mercy, and life. What a joyous exchange that truly is. That he takes on our death for us. He dies the death that we deserve so that way we can have the life that he earned. That we can partake in his life. And that we can live with, with him in eternity. That is the gospel that he takes on 
all of our guilt, all of our shame, and he takes it to the cross, and he says, I have bought you with my very blood. You are bought at a price, and now rejoice, because you have life, and you have it abundantly. But like I said at the beginning, this is a parable of discipleship. We are supposed to be disciples of Christ. We do not just receive this incredible gift. We do not just exchange with Christ and receive the life that he has given to us. Receive this value and sit back and just do nothing. No, we are, as I stated at the beginning, we are called to be stewards of what God has given to us. We are called to give the wealth that we have given, that has been given to us, we are called to give that to others. That they might too delight in the love of Christ. But rather than us giving something away because we are obligated to, or giving it away because it hopefully will buy the field for us that we might do something in order to achieve heaven. No, we do it out of joy and gladness because of what God has done for us. We look back and we see that we have been bought with that blood of Christ. And we desire to give that gift that life to everyone. And we do that through love, by caring for our neighbors, by using what we have. Christ is seen in us. We love because Christ first loved us. Today we are celebrating the commemoration of St. Lucia. And Lucia, as I did not know this, has an absolutely crazy story. She has, it is truly remarkable, she lived in uh, the 3rd century A.D. She lived in a time where Christians were heavily persecuted. In fact, they were put to death if, you, if it was found that you were a Christian. And she was born into a wealthy family. And when she is still young, her father dies. And when he dies, he leaves her a very large dowry. And she desires to give that away to the poor. So she makes a vow to herself in secrecy that she will not get married and she will give her dowry to the poor. Well, eventually her mother also gets sick. And wanting to care for her daughter, she finds a husband for her daughter. And so she is betrothed to this man who is a pagan. And they pray and they pray together, but eventually her mother does recover. And after she recovers, Lucia tells her mother how she wishes to give the dowry away, give it to the poor. And so she does. She shows this incredible act of generosity by giving away 
this money to the poor. Well, her um, soon-to-be husband finds out that she has given all the money away and is furious with her. And he reports her to the governor, who then proceeds to put her to death for her sin and for her generosity. See, she dies for the faith. She dies clinging to Christ. And it's very easy to focus in on the money that she has given away, and that is no small feat. But I think when you really consider the whole story, it is so much greater. You see, she lived at a time where women were disenfranchised. They were put down, they were lower on the social scale. When she loses her father, the father of the house, the man, is gone. And so she falls further on the social scale. And so what does she have? She has money. She has the ability to be a wife. She gives even those two things up. The money was a way that she was still able to contribute to society to find a husband. She is willing to give all of that up so that way others can see the love of Christ. And it lowers her and lowers her on the social scale until eventually she is put to death. That is discipleship. That is such a miraculous act. Because she gives away knowing that everything is already paid for. Her sins are forgiven. She has life to the fullest. And she gives up her social status, her earthly glory. She gives it all away so that way she can spread the love of Christ. And that is what we are called to. To spread the love of Christ. And that comes at a cost. Now, many of us are in very different situations, and there is many ways that we are able to give to the poor, whether it be time, whether it be presence, just being with somebody, whether it be money. We have the ability to give, and we do it because we have been bought with the blood of Christ. You have that value of Christ because he was willing to give it to you, because he loved you. And so we are stewards of God's great gift, and we desire for others to also follow him. May the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, keep and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.